Well, hello to everybody listening at home. You are listening to the Ordinary Church Podcast. Today is January 27th. It's a beautiful cold morning. Uh, cold for Southern California, at least. I'm here with Pastor Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Good morning, Connor. Good to be with you. It is good to be with you as well. And listeners, we want to jump right into our subject for this morning, uh, which is uh, kind of a, a little bit of a preview into some teaching that's going to be coming up in the next few months in the church, and specifically in the men of the word setting. Uh, we are going to be tackling the question of how can you keep uh, yourself and your family faithful to what God's word says, uh, even as there are all these influences in society and even within the professing uh, professing church that are trying to hammer uh, biblical truth. So, Mike, I, do you want to maybe tee it up a little bit more for us and kind of cast uh, what you think uh, the big picture is? Absolutely. Let me first say this. The Word of God matters and words matter. Okay? And so when you get into how you handle the Word of God, a lot of Christians right now are confused. I mean, someone asked me even earlier today, but what about you know, the church in general, the church universal right now that has so many different views on so many different portions of scripture. Who do you believe, right? Yeah. And it gets very confusing and it gets very deceptive even at times. Um, hermeneutics matter. The way you handle the word matters. Um, exegesis matters. Uh, it matters because words in the word matter. The context matters. The genre matters. And we are, I, I'm very, very burdened that... Um, there are some people that aren't intentionally twisting scripture, but they're speaking authoritatively about things that are unclear. Yeah. And, you know, we want we want to counter the twisting of scripture on the far left and the far right. Okay. Uh, there is there is twisting of scripture going on among people we agree with, where they take it too far. Mm-hmm. And there's twisting of scripture that's going on with people we don't agree with. And I would say Satan's behind all of it. Hmm. What I mean by that is uh, God is not the author of confusion. But people are getting confused. And so what our goal is, and let me just state it clearly, is that that we want to equip men particularly. We want to equip heads of households, particularly men. um, And and women, if you're the head of your household, if you're a single mom or living alone, then then you're the head of your household. But we want to equip men primarily who are leading households to faithfully stand firm and not cave in on biblical inerrancy or on God's sovereign sufficiency. And so surrender to God's sovereign sufficiency. Know that progressive Christianity is oppressive and regressive, but also you want to be extreme about the right things, but there are some solid Christians who are extreme about the wrong things. Hmm. They start drilling down on some big things. And, you know, I I think about some of the theonomic views out there right now, or the post-millennial views right now. And they have have unknowingly, because they've They've latched on to maybe what Van Til or Bonson or someone has taught. Mm-hmm. They've unknowingly latched onto a, a um, an unclear, unsound exegesis, and and the hermeneutics don't matter anymore in many ways. They just want to authoritatively stand. And what happens is a lot of Christians are confused, and it appeals to them because it's like, hey, with that view, I can go against our government, or with that view, I can go against my church leaders, or whatever it is. Yeah. So whether you're far right or far left. Theologically, you can find that you can cave in on the sufficiency of Scripture and on God's sovereign sufficiency unknowingly. Yeah. Okay. Satan knows what he's doing to deceive even the elect, but I believe that most people, whether they're far left, far right theologically, whether they're progressive, whether they're very conservative, obviously we're on the very conservative uh, uh, end of the spectrum, that we um, all are susceptible 
to exegesis errors and hermeneutical errors on both ends of the spectrum. So it's not just, oh, it's the progressive church that's twisted the scriptures. No, actually the conservative church sometimes twists the scriptures as well yep. and takes things too far. Yep. So there's that's in a nutshell, that's where we're okay. going to be addressing. And I think this will probably be my topic for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Well, maybe, do you want to just uh, take a little time to give a word to the wise, to someone who's out there saying, hey, I enjoy listening to podcasts, maybe sermons. Uh, I enjoy reading a good book here and there. And I'm trying to kind of stay abreast with what's happening in the world right now. Do you have any wisdom for that person uh, regarding how they can filter what's coming in and mm-hmm. make sure that they're not latching on to something unknowingly that might not be airtight biblically? Absolutely. Okay, so great tee up on that one. Let me give you some advice because these are confusing times on this. Number one, first, you've got to trust God, right? But you don't trust God in a vacuum. You're part of, you have to be a part of a local church where you're a member, you're known, you're accountable, you're under the elders of that church. The church needs to have a plurality of elders, not the senior pastor and his staff that all answer to him, but a plurality of men who are elder qualified, who are leading and shepherding the church and overseeing the teaching ministry of the church. So you need to have God first, and then the elders in your local church, and then others. The problem is there's so many notable podcasts, so many notable pastors. I mean, look, I'm an unknown pastor with a podcast. No one even knows we have a podcast. You know, we have five people listening. I don't know. Uh, no, what I mean is, is it's easy to be, to be lulled to sleep or to be intoxicated by uh, fame. And there's guys out there with 250-member churches who have worldwide platforms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you start thinking, well, wait, they've written a lot of books. They sound so plausible. They built their teachings on this guy and that guy, like Van Til or Bonson or whoever. And some of you know who I'm talking about, okay? People that I, I deeply respect yeah. on many fronts. Yeah. But for example, let me give you an idea. If you are listening to a teacher, you know, a preacher, a podcast or whatever, that's going really, really strong on, you have to believe this end times view. I'm going to point you right back to the Bible in Acts chapter 1. Verse 6, they had come together and they asked Jesus. They asked the resurrected Jesus. Jesus had set appointment with them to meet before he, was, he ascended to the Father. And they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? We're talking about the kingdom of God to Israel. And he says to them, it is not for you to know. Okay, OGK, only God knows. Mm-hmm. It is not for you to know what? Times or seasons or epochs, really or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. So God has fixed some times and seasons, some, some, some things that are going to happen by his own authority. He says it's not for you to know. Like, it's going to happen when it happens. And I do believe that end times views are in that category. Hmm. I do believe that because of what this means. He says this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And the idea here is don't worry so much about what is my sovereign responsibility. You worry about your job that I gave you, which is to be my witness in the world. Your job is not to, you know, take a a bellow out all of your views that are not essential for salvation. Hmm. Okay. And and this is going on right now in Christianity, in in progressive Christianity and in the, on the far right theologically where, where we would reside. And there's dangers in both, and I'm noticing the dangers quite starkly. Um, there are people that have hook, line, and sinker believed 
lies about the Bible, that it's not really true, that it, it just needs to be recast and, and, and reimagined. No, it doesn't need to be reimagined and recast. It needs to be reread and restudied and returned to, okay? And so basically there's that. And then there's, there's the other end, which is, okay, um, this is the view. You know, like, for example, um, Abram Kuyper's uh, Sphere Sovereignty, uh, his views on Sphere Sovereignty. They're really good, but they're not straight from the Bible. They're a guy who came up with some views, and now these guys, now current, are saying that as if this is a biblical doctrine that's taught very, very clearly. Hmm. They're, they're principles. And building things on top. Yeah, that's built on biblical principles, yep. and there's a lot in there that makes sense. The church and, and, and the home and, and, the, and, the, uh, and, and society and government. I, I get it. A lot of people are going hard on God's law right now. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize they need to be going hard on God's word right now. Okay, mm-hmm. And what happens is you say God's law and people start conflating that and going, do you mean the Old Testament dietary mm-hmm. laws? Do you mean you know Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect? That means the word of the Lord is perfect. Yeah. Uh, oh, how I love your law. As the psalmist put it, that's the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these names, mm-hmm. precepts, and, and and testimonies, and law, and rules. Yeah. It's, it's just synonymous with the word of God. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot here. I, and I know I'm, you know, opening yeah. up tons of cans of worms for our listeners here. Yeah. Well, there's a ton to talk about. One thing I was mm-hmm. talking about with someone yesterday was, well, we were just saying in this time, it feels like, uh, this feels like it, <laughs> it's harder than ever to raise a family in the sense that increasingly in America, the influence is just pulling people away from God's word more and more and more. Um, do you feel like, for I mean, for anybody who's listening who has some young kids, uh, do you feel like this is a uniquely hard time to raise a family? Are there any unique challenges that are here today that weren't 10 or 20 years ago? Yeah. Every time is hard in its own way, I know. But what are some of the pressure points now for people? Okay, so let's go with the low-hanging fruit. Okay, you've got everybody's got an iPhone and, and they're connected. So it's just the whole internet connectivity, okay? It just, you can't get away from that because we, you know, probably my generation was probably the last generation that grew up without the internet, okay? Mm-hmm. And so there's that, but let me just go to the not so, you know, maybe the not, okay, the easy, okay, so wait, so the low-hanging fruit, the internet, um, the, the complete sexualization of, of all of life, um, and and the perversion of that, yep. okay? Yep. So you got all of that. But then let's just go to the not-so-low-hanging fruit that is universal and time timeless, okay? Sin in human hearts, all right? Um, that is the biggest thing where if you're a head of a household, trying to lead a household faithfully and stand firm and not cave in on, on God's sovereignty and on the inerrancy of Scripture, and you want to surrender to God's sovereign sufficiency, it's going to be the sin in your own heart that you're going to have to battle every day that will, you kind of have to kick yourself in the pants to actually lead your family mm. in the Word of God and not just capitulate to the culture. Yeah. And I think it's it's sin in the heart. It really is. And I think that if we would just literally, the Word of God is clear, okay? The perspicuity of Scripture, the clarity of Scripture. Just read the Word to your family, men. Read the Word to your family. Read it alone. Read it with your family, okay? Read the word alone and pray dependently on God. Read it to your family. Take it as it stands and do some hard study. Do some word studies. Do some uh, hermeneutical studies. Find out what, what kind of her- hermeneutics you need to have. Mm-hmm. Like there's one meaning for every passage, not 15. 
yeah. and it isn't open to everyone's interpretation. No, we are to discern what God meant when he said each thing. I'm, I'm preaching Ecclesiastes 10 verses 1 through 4 this Sunday, and my job is not to get up on my hobby horse and talk about my favorite topics. My job is to work as hard as I can, dependently on God, to, to, to discern what the meaning of that passage is and what God intended for his people for all time, mm-hmm. and then apply it uh, appropriately and, and engagingly to the hearts of the people in this time. Right? Yeah. So I think, I think the unique challenges are really timeless. Um, it's sin in the human heart. And of course, yeah, you got the internet, you got sexualization of everything, you got the politicization of everything, mm-hmm. you've got a polarization of so many people. Uh, but when you're in your home and you're, and you're dealing with that, you're dealing with worldviews. Hmm. And the only thing that will build a world, a biblical worldview is you getting into the Bible again yep. and again and again and getting saturated with the Bible. Hmm. Yeah. Time and time and time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Time in the Word. Um, yeah. Well, listeners, there's so much that we could open up about this, uh, but we don't want to run on and on. Uh, Mike, is there anything else that you want to leave us with as we just kind of bring this one to a close and know that we'll continue to hit this again in weeks to come? Yes. I would say I would encourage you to... In your own heart, if you're head of the household, search your own heart, know where you're at with the Lord, with his word, and resolve to be to be a man of the scriptures and not one who thinks they know it all or comes across as they can't be taught, but that you in solid Christian community would interact with other believers who will counteract your tendencies to go to extremes. And that you could together, under the elders of your church, be extreme about the best possible things. Christ, Scripture, the Gospel. Mm-hmm. That's what I would want to leave you with, yeah. for sure. Okay. okay, right on. Well, listeners, we love you. With We are uh, thankful for you. And we'll continue to just revisit this and, can, and uh, continue to talk about it in weeks to come. But that is all for today. Hope you have a great week. We're praying for you. And we'll talk to you next time on the Ordinary Church Podcast.